0: Are you that weirdo that brings up your nephophobia at happy hour? Well, then this is the podcast for you. Welcome to Happy Hour Gets Weird. Hi guys, I'm Cassie. And I'm Tiffany. And this is Happy Hour Gets Weird. Welcome or welcome back.
1: Hello. We are a podcast that gets together every week has cocktails, and talks about weird shit.
0: Exactly. And this week, we are drinking a botanical press.
1: So delicious and refreshing. Definitely give it a try.
0: Yeah. When I got here, I was totally dead, and I needed caffeine. And then I had a sip of this, and I no longer needed caffeine. It woke me right up. It's so refreshing. So if you want the recipe and the picture of that, head over to our Instagram at Happy Hour Gets Weird Pod. We always post our recipe and a picture and also on our twitter
1: yep check us out
0: yeah and this week we are doing something kind of scary
1: a little scary
0: a little anxiety inducing um it'll make you barf what well according to the symptoms oh okay you
1: might get nausea Uh, i don't know if we should lead with listen to this and you might barf (laughs) i don't know if that's really selling it well it just happened
0: (laughs) So we are going to talk about phobias this week. We thought it would be an interesting, weird topic
1: to discuss. So we're each going to talk about a few different phobias that we found kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. And to get us started, will you just explain a little bit about phobias in general?
0: Yeah, sure. Of course. I'd love to. It would be my pleasure First off, I want to start by saying in no way are we making fun of people with mental illness. I myself struggle with mental illness. I have anxiety and I've dealt with depression and I also have a phobia of my very own. Happy Hour Gets Weird is an entertainment podcast. We're here for fun and it's a place where weirdos connect with one another because life is hard, being an adult is hard, being a parent is hard being a woman is hard being just a fucking human is hard yes and and sometimes you just need to take a breather and listen to two experts of absolutely fucking nothing talk about weird shit and how I deal with kind of my um, anxiety and stress I laugh to keep from crying that's how I kind of same cope same (laughs) With things. So if you're listening and you're going through something, it is my goal to make you laugh a little bit, give you a reprieve from whatever you're going through. And we also want you to know that you're not alone. No, never. You're if you're if you're struggling, you're not alone. And um we're all in this together. Exactly. So I just wanted to preface this episode. We are not making fun of people with mental illness. If anything We are making fun of the phobias themselves.
1: Yes. Perfect. Perfectly said. Right. Yeah. I agree with you on everything. I too have anxiety issues and, you know, they fucking suck. But as long as you have somebody to kind of hang out with and dish it out with, it makes it better.
0: Yeah. You know, sometimes I, um, this is going to be like, a, like super personal and I've never talked about this before, but sometimes I have, um, anxiety about groups of teenagers.
1: Okay. That's <laughs> I honestly, that's fair. I've met teenagers.
0: Um, they, for some reason, they seem mean. <laughs> <laughs> they,
1: be, it's because a lot of them are. <laughs>
0: uh, so, I mean, I'm sure I was a very mean teenager, but, um, that's actually a phobia. A specific phobia is a fear of teenagers like
1: in a group or even one-on-one even
0: one-on-one people with a phobia fear of teenagers I don't know the medical latin name for it mm-hmm. but they will avoid teenagers at all costs which maybe now I have two phobias
1: maybe you have the teenager phobia yeah honestly that's a fair phobia because teenagers can be brutal
0: yeah I can't you know what I I want to dedicate this episode to high school teachers <laughs> they <laughs> seriously have the hardest job on the planet yeah, that's tough. It, it, in this moment, that feels very makes me very anxious to have to get up every day and stand in a in a room full in front of a room full of angsty teenagers that angsty. are using words that you don't even
1: know. Yes, new slang, new terms, weird handshakes. They're pissed off for no reason. They smell weird. Yeah, yeah, scary, scary, terrifying.
0: Yeah, I just traumatized myself. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, all jokes aside, uh, I'll get off my soapbox because my fear of heights is acting up. And (laughs) I will uh, get on into it. So I'm going to cite my sources. I looked at an article on healthline.com. And I also looked at, I I hope I pronounce this correctly, theravive.com. And it was a uh, specific phobia DSM-5 article. Uh, what I used for this is the, uh, it's called the DSM-5. And it, what that stands for is Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders. And that's what psychologists and psychologists, psychiatrists and psychologists use to diagnose uh, mental disorders outside of the norm.
1: Okay. My sources are verywellmind.com, fearof.net, I read a little article on HuffPost, Vice, and commonphobias.com. Phobias are defined in the DSM-5
0: as extreme or irrational fears often persistent that compel sufferers to avoid the object or situation to which their fear is connected. A specific phobia relates to a particular stimulus that causes fear, anxiety, or avoidance and results in intense distress for the sufferer. Now, specific phobias have no single universal cause or pattern of development. They really don't know, you know, that it's not like a neurological thing that you can track. Most specific phobias develop during childhood and adolescence, although the disorder may be present at any stage often in connection with a traumatic experience
1: yeah that's what I read in in pretty much everything that I read said they were typically related to a traumatic experience as a child but some people grow out of that and then some people don't
0: Mm -hmm. yeah
1: so it could be heredity it could be depending on how severe the trauma was you really just don't know what could trigger the phobia right
0: yeah. There's a couple I was reading. Actually, you just jogged my memory. There's a couple ways a phobia could spring about. One, it could be a learned phobia from a caretaker. Two, it could be from a traumatic event. It could be, I think, hereditary.
1: Heredity. Heredity. Hereditary is a movie. <laughs> oh, I think it's the same thing, though, right? Heredity.
0: Yeah. Let's just go with heredity. You're tomorrow One out of both of us. I mean, half the time I just make up words.
1: I'm not, but what is hereditary and heredity are the same things. Yeah. Right. Sure. Why not? If we say it, it shall be Dr. Tapeworm.
0: (laughs) Um, so I just remembered I was reading something while doing research and it is, could be like, for example, something that you could grow out of, like you said, Mm -hmm. is a fear of bathing. Some kids have a fear mm-hmm. of bathing; they grow out of that. God,
1: I hope you grow out of that if you have that. Some That's people a rough don't. One, I know. S- some That's people rough. don't. Rough. That's hard.
0: Yeah, it, that could cause a lot of other issues to spring up, like isolation. Definitely. Um. Anyway, so that I found that was interesting that you could even um, a phobia could be a learned behavior.
1: So if your parent has mm-hmm. the phobia, or yes. if the parent puts a fear in you of a situation, then it can cause a phobia. Yes. Exactly. Thank you for giving me one more thing to worry about as a mother. Thanks, Cass. I was...
0: When, you know, honestly, <laughs> when I read that, I was like, oh my goodness. Am I, d- I doing this? Am I doing this to my children? Because I have a phobia and it's, you know, my kids know about it. Yeah. It, it pops up every now and then, so...
1: I'm not sure if mine qualifies as a phobia, but now I'm afraid that I'm passing that on to my kids. Oh my gosh. I can't wait to talk about it. Holy shit. I cannot wait to talk about it. Being a mother is so difficult. It is. It's really difficult. And that's why we have happy hour every week.
0: Yeah, exactly. (laughs) This is exactly why we have this podcast. (laughs) Uh, Okay. According to the DSM, specific phobias typically fall within five general categories, but they're not limited to these categories fears related to animals such as spiders, dogs, insects, Mm -hmm. fears related to the natural environment, heights, thunder, darkness, fears related to blood, injury, or medical issues such as shots, (laughs) broken bones, falls.
1: I just remembered when I said I hated blood so much that I'd throw a rock at somebody who was bleeding.
0: (laughs) That might qualify as a phobia.
1: Oh no, I now I'm going to, I'm going to discover that I actually have like seven phobias when I thought I had one by the end of this episode. (laughs) Same, same, seriously, same. Okay.
0: Fears related to specific situations, such as flying, riding in an elevator, driving a car, and then uh, other classification, which is like choking, loud noises, drowning, very specific, something you can't categorize. There's just no category. Miscellaneous. Yeah. Miscellaneous. Okay. Perfect. Phobias can be treated with a combination of therapy and medications. Now, medications would be like anxiety medications just to reduce the anxiety. Mm -hmm. Uh, One effective treatment, which I found particularly terrifying, is a type of psychotherapy called exposure therapy. Yes. And during exposure therapy... You work with a psychologist to learn how to desensitize yourself to the object or situation that you fear. Mm -hmm. You get exposed little by little to what you fear. So um, you know what I want to know is what about fear of shots? Would they just give you shots?
1: I think they would Would probably start by showing you the needle and then you'd hold the needle and then, yeah. In one of my um, phobias, that was one of the best ways to get over it. And I wrote gradual exposure to the object. And then that just made me think of like slowly removing your pants, which is not a- at all what they mean by exposure. <laughs> <laughs> I wrote gradually exposing yourself <laughs> to the object. <laughs> it's just like exposing yourself in <laughs> yeah, slow-mo. Just slow-mo stripping in front of the object.
0: Um, I,
1: you know, I... Um, you don't like that idea though? I mean, how else would you become desensitized to it unless you were around it
0: that's true we'll get into that at the end we'll talk about our personal experiences with phobias and fears and stuff and i i I, we'll we'll just talk about i'll save it for the
1: end okay um i also read did you read that hypnosis has also helped yes but i personally
0: would never be let myself be hypnotized. I don't want to be open to someone else's suggestions, so I would not choose that route with my phobia.
1: What if you had somebody else in the room with you? So then that they you could both th- give me their ideas.
0: <laughs> I would just be
1: t- t- full on gangbanged with someone else's ideas. You don't trust anybody enough to be in the room with you to make sure that they're not hypnotizing. My fear is of being hypnotized is that they're, they're gonna be like, and every time you see the color red. You you crow like a rooster. Yeah,
0: that's exactly what I'm talking about. Crow? I believe it's cock-a-doodle-doo.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying if somebody else is in the room with me to keep me safe from... All right.
0: I don't like the idea of hypnosis or hypnotherapy because, first of all, you could implant false ideas. You could also... I read a book. Yes, it was fictional, but it's not a far stretch to be realistic mm-hmm. a, a therapist who was clearly the villain of this book mm-hmm. was hip treating his patients for phobias but he was actually while he was he was treating them with hypnosis and while he was hypnotizing them he was planting new phobias <gasps> yes
1: creepy yes
0: and also i think there's a there was a movie or maybe it was the same book where he was also planting um, ideas to rob banks for himself Mm. He was hypnotizing his patients and having them rob banks. Wow and give him the money.
1: I was under the impression that when you're under hypnosis, you couldn't do no, you could never be hypnotized into doing something that you were morally opposed to. That's what I understood. So if it was if, if you were hypnotized and they said, go shoot that person, you wouldn't do that unless you actually wanted to shoot that person or rob a bank. Or what have you. I don't think that you can be hypnotized to do things that you are morally against. Right. But
0: what if I have loose morals anyways?
1: That's what I'm saying. I would eventually do it. <laughs> then you would just. Free will. If you, yeah. Exactly.
0: Okay. I just don't trust anybody.
1: That's fine. I think we're off on a tangent here. Yeah. We, yeah, should, yeah. we should probably re- rein it in. Yeah.
0: All right. Do you want to go over some of the symptoms that you would have if you experience a phobia?
1: Sure. So a phobia triggers basically any fear response that you might have. Those include anxiety, dread, and anything associated with panic, such as shortness of breath or rapid breathing, irregular heartbeat, excessive sweating, nausea, dry mouth. Inability to articulate words or sentences, shaking, anything like that. Yeah, you may also be paralyzed if you see the object. If it's a situation like that,
0: mm-hmm. I've experienced all of those with with my phobia. It's pretty bad. Okay,
1: and you're gonna tell us tell us at the end?
0: Nope, it's a mystery.
1: What you have to guess? No, yeah, of okay.
0: course I'm gonna tell you. Okay, okay, all right. So. I picked one that's not, I, I saved my phobia for my last one, Okay, but I picked one that I find, I don't have a phobia of it, but it does make me squeamish, like just the idea. Mm-hmm. And this is claustrophobia. Okay. I don't like it. I can understand how someone would have this phobia and basically claustrophobia is a fear of tight. Confined or small spaces.
1: Insert vagina joke
0: here. (laughs) (laughs) So that is uh, basically what claustrophobia is.
1: I think that that is, even if you don't necessarily have a phobia of it, I think that most people don't really enjoy confined spaces.
0: Well, I mean, you have to think about some, there are some trades that have to deal with confined spaces, like a plumber has to crawl under a house i mean you definitely could not be claustrophobic and do that job no and there's also probably like people that ride in elevators that live work in office spaces that could be not only is there a phobia specifically for riding in an elevator but i think claustrophobia would also play into it's a small confined space Mm -hmm. think about the japanese underground railroad Mm -hmm. system i mean they call it bart or muni in san francisco which was the one that i or yeah. the subway yeah i mean have you seen those pictures and videos of how many people they they stuff in those
1: i know but i don't like any of that and oh you mean how many people they stuff in the subways yes. how they like cram them in yes i yes. don't like that and i also when you said underground i would never ever want to go into a deep cave situation cave tunnels freak me out i read a stephen king book where the part of the cave collapsed and the people just died in there over days.
0: Oh, right. Well, it's funny that you should bring up... And I think
1: that is the scariest thing in the world.
0: It's funny that you should bring up caves and claustrophobia because I saved this article, I'm, and this is from on... I, I found... I saw this picture on Instagram. It's um, Spirits and Oddities and Mysteries, mm-hmm. and it's a picture of this man. <gasps>
1: No. Yeah. I'll post it on
0: our Instagram Uh episode and it's, I'm I'm just going to read it. This is from their Instagram on November 23rd, 2009.
1: What? My birthday. I'm sorry. Oh my God. Okay.
0: A 26 year old man named John Jones set out to explore nutty putty cave, a hydrothermal cave located in Utah. As he went further and further into the caves tunnel system, he eventually ended up getting stuck upside down in a narrow passage. While rescuers did try to save John, they were unable to get him out because of the cave's tight angles. Because of this, all they could do for John was feed him an injection drip in his leg, which contained drugs to calm him down. And after 28 hours stuck in this position, John eventually passed away from suffocation. What? Yeah. But because of this... The family and the landowner got together and they sealed this cave so it could never happen again.
1: That is awful. But I honestly would never go like exploring caves at all. First of all, I have a horrible sense of direction, so I'd for sure get lost. <laughs> but that's so terrifying. Like Fifty years later, you'd come out like all white with like gollum, ears, like gollum with no hair that is so terrifying it is and there's nothing and, oh god and it's dark just that picture oh, and alone it's dark okay um, this is terrifying me
0: just that i told you it was gonna be scary just that picture alone makes my stomach you know
1: do that not thing that's awful yeah that is awful and rest in peace john jones that's terrible are we- you done with your terrible phobia yeah that was I'm traumatized now from that. I'm, that was awful. I I told you
0: claustrophobia I could I, I I totally can empathize with people that have claustrophobia. I know,
1: but it's like I know what claustrophobia is, but I didn't think it would be so awful. Yeah. hearing and talking about it. It's awful. Well, I mean, have you met me? I'm an awful person. There's, I just spew awful things. There's another phobia on on my list now, I guess. Okay, you go. Okay. Ophidiophobia. Yes, I'm going to say all of these wrong. Yeah, me too. Just like it. Just enjoy it. Ophidiophobia or ophiophobia, like you need two hard ways to say this, (laughs) is the fear of snakes. Mm, Okay. It is possibly the most common subcategory of herpetophobia. Fear of animals? Fear of reptiles. Oh. Some people believe that this fear is an evolutionary trait a sort of survival mechanism ingrained in our brains from caveman times. Yeah. Okay. I can see that. It makes sense. Yeah. But then it's like, I don't know. Then why doesn't everybody have it? Why isn't everybody afraid of other well, random caveman things?
0: Not everybody has the same DNA. That's true. So that's maybe true. it's, that's a DNA thing. That makes sense. Her- Heredit- Hereditary. Heredity. There you go. Both, <laughs> both all the bases covered. Well, you I'll say one
1: version. You say the other version. Do you think that uh, Indiana Jones had this fear? Absolutely. Snakes. Why did it have to be snakes? He hated them.
0: Yeah, and but for me personally, who's mm-hmm. had a crush on Indiana Jones, my entire life almost same. I just like him better. He's it, it's it's a vulnerability that you don't get to see usually with like. Sexy, whip-wielding men.
1: Yeah. Usually when you're the hero of the story and you're supposed to be the tough guy, kicking ass, taking names, bringing down Nazis, you don't have like a fear that you talk about. Yeah. Hmm.
0: It's another layer.
1: It is. Mm -hmm. Indiana Jones is like the, the hottest onion. Yes. In the world. Yes. And he has a whip. So, some people with this phobia might not even be able to look at a photo of a snake. While others are fine with things like a picture or seeing them on TV, they just can't handle being in contact with a large or venomous snake. It's a very situational person by person, case by case kind of phobia. Does that make sense? Total sense.
0: Uh, my mom has a uh, fear of snakes.
1: Yeah, I know someone with a fear of snakes too. Mm-hmm. And he's a big strong guy mm-hmm. and even a small snake, he's like no fucking way. hmm
0: A lot of, uh, actually, a lot of men have fear of snakes. Yeah. Um, Interesting. My mom, she does, she, I think we've actually um, have done our version of exposure therapy Mm -hmm. with her. We just hide snakes around the house.
1: Um, like as pets or you were just like left your doors open a lot like
0: haha! you have a phobia <laughs> let's terrify the shit out of you
1: you yeah, had those cans where you open them and a fake snake pops yes out. or rubber snakes you not guys real seem snakes. Like great children and a great family we're wonderful
0: <laughs> we are the most loving the most kind and the most <laughs> empathetic um i think she's desensitized a little bit but she still does struggle uh i think she could probably look at a picture now they live in I've talked said this a bunch of times they live in North Idaho which uh, is a perfect place for someone who is afraid of snakes because it's too cold for venomous snakes there
1: oh really mm-hmm. there's so many animals there they have water snakes
0: and garter snakes and they call uh, something they call rubber boa constrictors but they're very small they're not big oh okay um, but yeah so that's there's no venomous snakes in North Idaho hmm
1: interesting yeah
0: so she does okay but yeah she's it's, it's pretty rough sometimes
1: yeah I, this is another phobia that I can totally get behind mm-hmm. and I can totally wrap my mind around it yeah but the problem with this kind of phobia is that some people are not quite as brave and as tough as your mom some people will avoid any situation where they might come in contact with a snake mm-hmm. which can obviously inhibit your life you know It's not the best. Like some people avoid going to the zoo, avoid certain movies, avoid going on hikes because they might run into a snake. So I think that that's the main issue with a phobia like this is not necessarily that you're afraid of snakes. It's more that it could hinder your life experiences because you won't put yourself in situations where you could even possibly come across a snake. Yeah. But the good thing about this phobia is that it has an excellent chance for successful treatment. So, maybe that's why your mom was able to overcome it by exposure to snakes, because apparently it's kind of an easier one to get past. Okay. Compared to some other phobias, which are harder to.
0: Yeah, I mean, I could see some phobia like what's it—agoraphobia, where you're afraid of big spaces and crowds.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, that would—I—I I could imagine that would be a very difficult. I feel like thing to overcome
1: yeah I feel like that's one that's really difficult
0: yeah and that affects day to day yeah I mean snakes maybe you know if you're if you're yeah, going snake, hiking it, eh,
1: I'll pass yeah snakes you can still go to the grocery store or do your Christmas shopping and you're not going to run into a snake right unless everybody on your Christmas <laughs> list just asks for a snake <laughs> I mean get new friends those people are awful for starters so that is uh ophidiophobia for you All right.
0: I'm glad you picked that one. Uh, Okay. So I'll go next. And I have the next one on my list is Escal... Okay. These names are just... I'm just going (laughs) to go for it. Escalophobia. And that is fear of escalators. Oh. I think I kind of picked phobias that I could uh, relate to or Mm -hmm. like understand really that I could, yeah, relate to, I guess. Escalators... Number one, they're confusing, okay? They oh,
1: – I just
0: realized what I said. All right. It, it's hard sometimes to gauge when the step is going to come. When, when to get
1: on. Yes. Or get off. Or get
0: off. It's could, it's a potential a safety hazard. It's
1: always difficult trying to figure out when to get off. It's a big timing issue.
0: Do I jump? Do I step? Do I – you know what's so funny is I have watched those videos where – they're they're like mostly dancers but as like a fun joke they'll step on the escalator and then just let their legs go up and do the splits (laughs) all
1: the way up the escalator I could never do that
0: (laughs) I think it's so funny but I actually watched when I was a child and my parents were irresponsible Mm -hmm. they let me watch the x-files and I watched the one episode where that yellow-eyed mm-hmm. s- slimy man lived underneath the escalator in yeah, the abandoned mall. that's a good mall. episode. <gasps> that scared it's the shit. Creepy. Sh- it scared the shit out of me. I never, I could never bring myself to watch X-Files the same. I've never watched the entire series after that. I, yeah, it, that's
1: it, a creepy episode. It did make Even me... Even when I rewatched all the X-Files like two years ago and I watched that. It was still creepy. It's scary.
0: Yeah. And it didn't necessarily make me afraid of escalators. It made me afraid of people with yellow eyes.
1: That's fair. Do you run into a lot of those?
0: I mean, you could. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it it was just, it was that man was very scary to me. And he made like this weird hamster nest under there. It was very disgusting. Anyways, but one thing that I do enjoy about escalators are videos of people riding scooters. trying to get on an escalator. Sometimes when I'm feeling grumpy or in a bad mood, <laughs> I will YouTube people riding scooters on escalators and it totally puts me in
1: good. There's mood. no way that could work, right? Yeah, but that's that's
0: what's so funny about it is like clearly you and I know that it's not going to work. I mean, I don't know what this says about me as a person that I
1: it says nothing bad. It's on YouTube. Everybody loves it. Okay. 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 Cause I mean it looks painful. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I don't know. It's who knows why people do the shit they do. I don't know. So
1: when you have this fear, did it talk about what part of the escalator you are afraid of?
0: Probably the whole part. Or it could be the moving railing or it could be it didn't talk about what part. It just said that people would avoid escalators.
1: And do you remember when there was the all the stuff going around about like getting your shoelaces stuck in an escalator
0: yes terrifying because that happened to somebody right yes and it like shredded her arm and leg yeah oh you could get your long coat stuck in them you can get a scarf stuck in them your shoelaces anything could get stuck in
1: there and it will literally shred your limbs off like is there a fucking ufo on our roof so apparently my neighbor is cutting down a tree and they're putting it in a wood chipper right outside of my house. So if you can hear some crazy sounds, it's not unfortunately a UFO. It's just my neighbor.
0: Yeah, sorry. Sorry about that. We just want to apologize. But there's literally nothing we can do besides get in a fight with the neighbors. So that's not an option.
1: And they should probably know by now that we're podcasters and they should talk to us first before they landscape.
0: Yeah, I agree. I agree (laughs) with that. The fact that they don't know is actually pretty... It's, pretty selfish. it's selfish. It's selfish it, of them. It is. It is. All right. Where were we? Because we got distracted by this noise.
1: I think we were just finishing up your escalator phobia.
0: Oh, yeah. About how escalators could shred your limbs off?
1: Yes. Yeah. That's similar to the wood chipper that's <laughs> outside. We should have just went with that and been like sound effects for what that could possibly sound like.
0: That's such a good idea. Um <sighs> so what we said earlier about the neighbor uh wood chipping their tree actually it's just a sound effect Mm -hmm. of what it sounds like to get your limbs shredded off by an escalator
1: yes are are we being too aggressive (laughs) okay globophobia do you know what this one is
0: no but can i guess yes uh is it okay i'm just gonna go with the obvious is it
1: a fear of earth no, it's a fear of balloons. <gasps> oh, what if I'm just saying all of these totally wrong? It's fine. It's fine. will not be the first time. Yeah. So people suffering from globophobia fear the sight, touch, or even smell of balloons. Interesting. Globophobia, like we have said about most of these uh, phobias, often stems from being traumatized as a child. hmm Often a balloon had popped in a person's face when they were very young. And that sudden loud pop, like the sound of a gunshot, is frightening for young children. Usually people grow out of this fear of balloons, but sometimes they don't. You know, I think um,
0: fear of balloons sometimes go hand in hand with fear of clowns too.
1: I was actually going to say that you were spoiler. Oh, Spoiled. sorry, no, I kidding. hate when That's I all do I that. was going to say is yes, they are often linked, hand in hand. So I guess if you were traumatized by a clown balloon experience, they're kind of linked in your brain forever.
0: Yeah. On the other side of that, there is a fetish. There's a balloon fetish. There is a balloon
1: fetish. Is there a clown fetish? Probably. There's a fetish for probably. Everything. The uh, clown phobia is called coulrophobia. Why not just clown fit f- fetish? <laughs> clown fetish. Freudian slip. <laughs> They're all so difficult to say. Yeah, they are. I watched a clip of Anderson's Cooper sh- Anderson Cooper's show. Yeah. Where they had people on that had the balloon phobia. Okay. And they popped balloons on the show.
0: Umper. Like on purpose? Yes. To expose them?
1: Yes. They asked their permission first. Okay. And they were fine. But these people's anxiety was palpable. Yeah. It was two or three women. I I can't remember, but it was more than one woman. And they were both so terrified. And it was, I mean, it was honestly hard to watch because I felt bad for them. Yeah. But But they were brave and they they did it and they got through it and they said that it was okay it was manageable the one woman said that popping the balloon in front of her was really helpful because she had this idea of the sound of the balloon popping and the smell of that latexy smell you know air gushing in her face and all these sorts of things and that reliving it as an adult she realized how she had overdramatized it in her mind it had scared her so much as a child but as an adult it was manageable so it was actually it was cool OK. So when you when you think to yourself that, you know, how could somebody have this phobia or that phobia when you see the people that are actually suffering from the phobias, you see how difficult it is and how much they have to overcome to get past them. So I appreciated watching the show. It was interesting.
0: Yeah, I. Um, I never think like, oh, how could you even be scared of that? Like,
1: I totally get it. That's because we both have. I think we're both pretty empathetic, but we also both suffer from things like that. But some people, they might not. Not everybody has the same sort of empathy that you have, you know? Yeah. Um. Also, I wanted to mention, okay. in relation to this phobia, mm-hmm. if you feel like you suffer from globophobia, don't be too hard on yourself because so does the queen herself, Oprah.
0: You're kidding. Did you hear
1: this? No. You didn't know this? No. So in 2013, she admitted her fear of balloons after her 40th birthday party where her staff covered the floor and room with balloons in celebration.
0: (gasps) So that means every party Oprah has had, there's been no balloons?
1: I think that maybe there were a few balloons, but this balloons, it was, or this party, it was intense balloons everywhere because it was her 40th in the end Oprah ended up facing her fear and walked through a sea of latex she did She had to kick balloons out of her way there was just it was seriously balloons everywhere did she get she she was fine she overcame it and it kind of used it to herself as a way you know representing like overcoming your fears
0: I love it I love yeah. Oprah
1: yeah she kind of made it a lesson for herself of course she would of course she would do that. she's Oprah, Oprah does. Yeah. So mm-hmm. she's like, it was a learning moment and it just, now I just look back on it and think to myself, like if I can overcome this fear, I can overcome any fears that stand in my way. I honestly don't know if Oprah's fear of balloons is at the level of a phobia. I don't know if it's yeah. technically a phobia or just something that she's uncomfortable with. But it still made me feel a little bit better about myself to think that Oprah's afraid of balloons. I mean, if Oprah can have a phobia. Then anybody can. Yeah, seriously. Right?
0: Yeah, I agree.
1: What? What were you just looking at?
0: Was there vodka in this? Yeah. There was vodka in this? Yeah. Oh, okay. There was vodka and grapefruit juice. I told you that way. Oh, yeah. I, I just, I saw Did you add more? No, I thought there wasn't any.
1: Like, I feel like you're yeah. playing a trick on me. There was, vo- there was a shot in there. In there this was like when you had the gin and you said is this non-alcoholic gin and then like remember what happened that night (laughs) (laughs) yes
0: i do um okay and this brings us i think to our final in-depth
1: phobia do you want to save your phobia because it's personal for the end and i'll tell one more
0: it doesn't matter to me but
1: sure your phobia your last phobia is personal right yes it is Okay, I want to save it for the end because I feel like save the best for last. Okay, so you have two Z's. Okay. This is my last phobia Mm -hmm. that I'm going to share. Okay. And I'm going to begin it with a story. Okay. Ooh, all right. In 2016 Turkey, two friends... Why do you have to give me this weird look? uh, The place or a turkey? The place. Okay. Nobody's ever... Just said, like, there was a turkey there in the room. <laughs> I'm just wondering. In 2016, I mean, if Foster it was a place, turkey,
0: <laughs> if it was a turkey, that would be a very different story. I just wanted to know where this was going. I'm sorry.
1: Clarification. Okay. In 2016, Turkey, two friends and co workers were at their place of work. One of the men, knowing of his friend's somewhat bizarre phobia taunted the other with a lemon what the taunted man lost his cool and fear overtook him oh no he went to his truck (gasps) pulled out his rifle no and fatally shot his friend what the fuck the shooter reportedly said i am so sorry that i have killed my friend it is the lemon you see i cannot stand the sight of them They make me crazy. Uh, I'm I'm totally freaked out. Isn't that terrible? It is. Oh, awful. I mean, Uh, the friend taunting him obviously didn't know how bad it would disturb him. And the friend who did it immediately felt remorseful. He said that he didn't intend to kill him. He just intended to scare him the same way he had been scared by the lemon. I, I don't think that lemons and guns are... Punch him in the face. Yeah, just punch him or throw the lemon at us. I guess you wouldn't touch the lemon. So if probably you if
0: you were scared of lemons, you wouldn't touch the lemon. Yeah, no.
1: Pick up anything
0: within arm's reach. Like, here's the thing. You have enough peace of mind to walk out to your truck. Get in it and drive away.
1: I believe that the act of walking to the truck to get the gun makes it premeditated.
0: I agree with that.
1: I I think that's legal. I mean, I don't know about in in Turkey, but I'm saying here, I believe that that is legally makes it premeditated just that much time because that's like your cooling off period. Yeah. It's an awful story. Well, how about this? Put the keys in the truck and drive the fuck home. Yeah. It's an awful story. Yeah. Terrible. Acerbophobia is the fear of sourness or things that taste sour. Oh, so it wasn't the lemon. It was the fact that it was sour. Ooh, that's a twist I didn't see coming. People who have this fear might avoid sour foods, such as lemons or pickles. I'm assuming that the man from my story had this phobia, unless maybe he has a very lemon-specific phobia that I did not find. Yeah, yeah. This fear, like most others, stems from a traumatic event surrounding sour foods as a child, and it can also be heredity. Hereditary. Hereditary tomato, tomato, potato, potato, niche, niche,
0: route, root. I could do this all
1: day. <laughs> Can I
0: ask you a question? What? Have you ever heard anyone call it a potato?
1: <laughs> I, that's how I say it. <laughs> what do you, what are you trying to say? Is that not? Okay. Well, I guess I won't ask you if you want that potato for
0: <laughs> We really hit a low. The, with 40, potato <laughs>
1: <jokes>. <laughs> the 45 minute marker drinks kick in all at the same time. <laughs> Our jokes get real bad. Um, Honestly, I the whole reason why I did a cerebophobia, uh-huh. however the fuck you say it, yeah, is because when I was looking at my phobias, I found this story of this man, yeah, who had killed his friend over a lemon, right? And to me, I was just, I can't even imagine that whole situation. It's so beyond anything that I can understand happening. All right. And I truly wonder if he has that phobia or if he has some other. That's something else that he's struggling with. You want to hear my theory? Yes.
0: This, the man with the lemon mm-hmm. was sleeping with his, his wife. wife.
1: <laughs> my wife?
0: <laughs> his wife. <laughs> and he used the, the lemon phobia as a cover up because
1: there's like no. Like he wanted to claim uh, innocent by insanity right. type thing. Yeah. Maybe his wife was the lemon. <gasps> Twist. I love it. We need to pitch that. If anybody's listening, if they're still listening
0: after the potato
1: joke, if anybody's still listening after the potato joke, listen, we've got the script for you. Yes. My wife, the lemon. (laughs) Do you still think our drinks don't have any alcohol in them? Okay.
0: Uh, Okay. All right. I am crying.
1: Oh, my goodness.
0: That was an interesting story I call bullshit.
1: It's sad for the man who died, though. Yeah, of course it is. What do you feel sad for? The fucking
0: lemon? She's the slutty citrus that put
1: everyone in this situation. Uh, Please don't fuck a lemon. That would hurt so bad.
0: Oh, my God. Could you imagine? (laughs) No.
1: (laughs) All right. I I, want to know your phobia.
0: Okay, so I have... Well, let me just tell you how I discovered my phobia. I was a big city doctor. I moved to a small town in middle America. Wait. My wife and I bought our dream home. <laughs> <laughs> I can't, I can't get through it. All right. I just, it's, it's just tough for me to get through. Okay. I'm sorry. Uh, it's just triggering to retell it. Mm-hmm. We bought our dream home. It was on a beautiful piece of property. And I was going to take over Mm -hmm. the local practice The physician had just retired
1: You were were a male doctor in this story? Yes Okay, sorry, go on
0: And I show up in town With my wife and kids in tow We move into our house We are living a wonderful life Mm -hmm. And then people start dying mysteriously (gasps) Yes And at the same time Mm -hmm. Unbeknownst to us
1: Mm-hmm.
0: A student who was in South America was killed and his body was shipped home to my town that I moved to mm-hmm. and in his coffin no was the deadliest spider on the planet
1: it, Is this just <laughs> is this just the storyline from arachnophobia <laughs> yes Oh my gosh! What a
0: terrible bit. Anyways, I it's better than potato potato. <laughs> I I actually I don't think it is. Anyways, all jokes. But you
1: really do have a fear of spiders. I do. Yes. You don't have to be a small town doctor.
0: I was a big city doctor. Big city doctor. We moved to the small town for <laughs> peace to get out of the big city. Um. Yeah, I have a I have arachnophobia. I have a fear of spiders. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it stems from a traumatic event so my phobia really didn't kick in before like I had always been like kind of like skeeved out by spiders Mm -hmm. but my phobia really didn't kick in until like like it's full-on phobia status now Mm -hmm. and it really didn't happen until I had uh my kids It, it was weird so and I remember specifically in my first apartment I had bought a couch like a friend of a friend and it was in their garage mm-hmm. and i just you know bought it i didn't even wash it cuz i guess i'm a hamster and i j- was at one point just sitting on it reading a book and i look over like i see movement on the top of the couch it's a full on big ass black widow just That's like freaky, yeah. walking across the back of the couch and i was like i mean obviously i freaked out and i screamed and my friend happened to be there and he got them. We found another one in the couch. Oh shit. We like spread the cushions and he <laughs> found another one. Um so it was like a full-on black widow den. Um but I really didn't think too much about it mm-hmm. after that. Like I, you know. Yeah. And then um we moved we had a house built, I'd say what like 2 years ago now. And when we moved in there was a lot of spider activity for some reason. I don't know why. Inside and outside the house. They were just everywhere. Everywhere. And I don't like... I I was like borderline phobia before. I've always had like an exterminator yeah. spray the house. Yeah. Just because it freaks me out. And um, so I had the exterminator come out. I, would, I should have had... In hindsight, I should have had him come out before we even moved in and spray but I didn't well actually I wanted to but it was my husband who was like it's a brand new house we don't need one rongo dongo
1: rongo dongo if I said it once I've said it a thousand times rongo dongo <laughs> <laughs>
0: um so I we started to have a lot of spider activity like they were like coming off the ceiling and dropping down on us and They were everywhere. I was killing like five a day inside the house. Gross. It was insane. So I had our exterminator come out and he sprayed around the house. I'm not kidding you. There was like 30 dead spiders. Like when they spray, they like don't die right away. So they like crawl up and then die. There had to be like 30
1: dead ones. And like half of those, 10 of those were probably black widows. That's when you think your phobia was triggered by this... Well, Seeing all of these half-dead spiders around your house? No, I found them in the house. I know that's what I'm saying. Around in, in your house, I'm saying like, is that what triggered your phobia, do you think?
0: Uh, just, it was a full-on spider's nest mm-hmm. that we lived in. And it just, what really triggered it is I started to find live ones inside the house. And it wasn't just like house spiders, which freaked me out. But it, it's like the poisonous ones. I found four live black widows in the house. And they, you know, see, it's weird because I have this phobia, but then I'm also obsessed. Like I need to find out like what their patterns are, what they look like, what their webs look like, Mm -hmm. just so I can find them. I'm like obsessed with finding them.
1: Well, maybe it's more, not even a phobia necessarily for yourself, but because you have small children in the house. I
0: think that's where my phobia stems from, is I have a a huge fear of my children being bitten by a poisonous spider. But then if I do find one, I totally freeze. I can't kill it. I can't step on it. I can't spray it. I can't. I totally freeze. I panic. You know, the irregular heartbeat, dry mouth, Mm -hmm. sweaty. I freeze. And I have started to avoid places where I think there is a high spider activity happening. I have started my own version of exposure therapy. Mm-hmm. I mean, I force myself to look at them, Yeah. And I've started to force myself to kill them. Like I went from taking uh, an hour to like build up the courage to kill one mm-hmm. to like, then I was like 45 minutes and then it's 30 minutes and then it's 10 minutes. And now it takes me like, where a normal person who's not afraid could smash it right away. Yeah. Like even with their hand or their foot or a napkin. Like I can't even smash it with my foot. There's no way. With a shoe on. There's no way. Like I'm getting like. Freaked out. You're getting anxious. I'm getting like hot and sweaty. Even like thinking that is, about the idea of like having to touch
1: it with a body part. You should know though that that is really admirable. That you're taking these steps yourself to try to get over this phobia. Well I
0: can't. Like I said. I can't fuck my kids up. <laughs> Yeah, you know I can't. I don't want to set this example of irrational fear. Mm-hmm. Like it's okay. Like it's yeah. sh- it, It's not okay. I have to fix it. So I force myself to look at pictures. Like when we go to the zoo in the reptile thing, sometimes they have like spiders. Mm-hmm. I force myself to look at them, and it's a very specific type of spider. It's not necessarily tarantulas. They don't bother me.
1: It's the small ones
0: with the pointy legs
1: probably the pointy leg spiders really disturb me yes
0: it's it's i just like got physically sick for a second i can't do it so it's it's something i'm working on i force myself to look at them i now know that i didn't know this before but black widows molt did you know that uh no yeah they molt so when they're born they actually are brown and they have a spotted abdomen
1: mm-hmm.
0: and then they molt and the, the males stay brown and spotted and the females get turn the, the shiny black exoskeleton or whatever the fuck it's called and
1: with the red hourglass yeah
0: on the on the on the bottom so it's something i'm working through it's like it's hard for me my and my husband doesn't understand i don't think he realizes it it's like phobia level like it's To the level that it is. Like Mm -hmm. I'm terrified. Like I have nightmares. I have probably weekly nightmares.
1: That's awful. It is. It's terrible. I'm so sorry that you have to struggle with that. But you should be proud of yourself that you're taking steps, like I said, to work through this. And also I understand where you're coming from that you don't want to pass on an irrational fear to your children. But you're only human. Well, yeah. You can't be super woman. You can't have, you can't be the perfect person for your children all the time a better lesson for your children is for them to see that you have something that you know that you're struggling with and that you are working hard to get over that struggle yeah and I think that's a better lesson than, than them just thinking that you're the perfect person
0: yeah no I agree I they they both know that I'm afraid of spiders my so son don't be too hard on yourself older, don't be too hard on yourself he knows I'm working through it um, sometimes I can, if it's a small spider, he'll kill it for me.
1: See, that's a good lesson though. He knows that you're working on it and that's really the best lesson you can teach your kids is even if you're struggling with something, just keep working at it and you'll get through it. And that's the best that any of us can really hope for. Yeah. Right.
0: Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, and I didn't tell you, we had something the inside of our house in our other house that we don't live in anymore. We had a hatching. And they were everywhere. Oh God. They were like falling from the ceiling and they were like little itty babies. And it was like a night before we were leaving on like a three week vacation. We Mm -hmm. found them like that afternoon and they were ever, I didn't sleep one wink. I just. That's pretty
1: gross.
0: Crippling fear. They were everywhere. Ugh. Everywhere. so tiny. That's the thing that scares me is they're so tiny. Yeah. That's really, that hatching incident is like really where it stemmed from. And I was starting to get like neuroses, like I was starting to like any movement that Mm -hmm. was little or any spot, like any dust bunny, any feather, any, we have a down couch, any feather, any, anything. It was like anything little or dark. I I, I would, I would lose my mind. I'd lose it. I would spiral immediately. Mm. I'm better now. I'm giving, I'm, I'm, uh, giving myself (laughs) psychotherapy (laughs) and exposing myself. So
1: it's, it does. Exposure therapy does work. Well, thank you for sharing that. I'm like all itchy. Thank you for sharing that phobia with us though. Uh, you're
0: welcome. And if you're listening and you experience, you are have a phobia, it's like I don't have your exact phobia if you don't have arachnophobia, but I definitely know what you're going through. It sucks.
1: Yeah. I don't know if my f- fear of the dark is like necessarily phobia level. Like I don't know at what point... Changes from fear to phobia. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. I um, don't like the dark. And when you said that about freaking our kids out about stuff, I feel like my kids sleep with their TV on because of me. And mm-hmm. that's a really, really bad habit. Mm-hmm. And I have tried to be in the dark at night and it just, I just get very, very anxious. It sounds like a phobia to me. I just don't like it. I know that if I were in a dark room, like if, if I had to be in a pitch black situation, for any extended period of time, I think that I would have, like, a panic attack.
0: Well, that's a phobia. I think that would qualify. I'm not a medical but professional. most
1: people have a panic attack if they were in a pitch black room for, like, 20 minutes no. in total darkness where you couldn't see anything? Mm-mm,
0: doesn't bother me at all. I'm not in the slightest bit. I just actually relaxed. Really? <laughs> no, not at all. Not in the slightest bit.
1: Well, I guess I have a phobia then. I like to look
0: at everything on the spectrum. I don't think things are black and white.
1: So maybe uh, I have a low-end yeah
0: i think everything it runs on a spectrum so maybe you do maybe because i mean yes would it make me uncomfortable because i couldn't see absolutely but if it was a familiar room if it was do i sleep in the pitch black it's hard for me to fall asleep because obviously you can't see
1: if there's like but i would be afraid of like what's in the dark not the dark itself yes i think that i'm afraid of what's in the dark too I don't think that just the darkness. I think that that is what's scary about the dark is it's putting yourself in a situation where everything around you is unknown.
0: I don't have the best eyesight anyway, so it's like light You're or dark. <laughs> I'm, I'm, she, I'm an easy prey for an ambush.
1: Cassie never knows what's going on around <laughs> her. She can't see can,
0: anything. No, never. You know, to I did me,
1: actually tell her earlier she needs a better prescription for her glasses.
0: <laughs> to me, actually, more scary is a dusk. Like, uh, uh-uh. uh, dusk is happening. I can't see shit. It's like the worst lighting. It's almost like my eyes have like evolved to see in the dark because they
1: can't see at all. So she's basically an (laughs) X-Man. That's probably why you don't like caves. Yeah. Because they're very dark. Very dark. I don't like that. Yeah. That also adds to my cave fear. It's like the darkest place in the world. Yeah. No, fuck that. Fuck that probably why you don't like and then case. if it caves in oh my god this is freaking me out okay i think this is a great time to get to our wrap up okay now yeah. i'm honestly freaked out yeah i have a uh
0: honorable mentions just some phobias i thought were you know they're real phobias but they're kind of a you know weird and and i thought they were interesting mm-hmm. so i'm going to mention a couple of those electro elect. Electrophobia, mm-hmm. which is fear of chickens. Oh, which okay. roosters
1: can be aggressive.
0: Aggressive, so I get mm-hmm. it. Uh, onomatophobia. Onomatophobia. I don't know where I'm supposed to enunciate. It's
1: fine. Um, Go ahead. Nobody knows. Which
0: is the fear of names. So I don't know how that would work in your okay. everyday life. Would you just have no name? Would you not ask people's names? I don't know the Somebody's like, "Hi." I'm and you're like, "Shush." mm Mhm. It pagonophobia.
1: Mhm. Haha, that sounds That's better. That's it. That is fear of beards. Ooh, I don't have that. Yeah. I have the opposite of that.
0: I, I definitely you have a fetish for beards. Fetish. Um, so Yeah, that would suck because my husband also has a beard and has had one for many years.
1: They're so popular.
0: They are very popular. But fear of beards is it could be a two part. It could be that you had a traumatic experience with someone who had a beard. Oh, that's sad. Okay. Or it could be that you don't like that the beard is hiding their face. Oh, who are you? Yes. It could be a two two sided uh, phobia. The beard is the dark of your face. Yes, it is. (laughs) Unless it's blonde.
1: That's so deep.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And cryophobia, which is the fear of ice or cold. Oh. Yeah. And um, that's about it. That wraps up our phobia episode. And I just want to, you know, it's, I'm sure if you've listened, it's probably not a secret that Tiffany and I are fans of last podcast on the left. It's a, it's one of our favorites. It's, um.
1: Not for everyone, but we love
0: it. (laughs) It's not for everybody, but we're just the kind of sick fucks that would like it, to be honest. So, um, but Marcus Parks is one of the co-hosts and he does the most of the uh, research for last podcast on the left. And he also has a mental illness. I, I believe he's bipolar, been diagnosed bipolar. And one of the things that he said in a more recent episode, and it kind of resonated with both of us is he said having a mental illness is not your fault but it is your responsibility. And I just thought that was such a beautiful way to say like hey I get I get it but you need to take care of yourself. And um I just wanted to end this episode with that cuz we t- we touched on mental illness mm-hmm. and uh, like our both personal journeys with mental illness and you know if you're feeling down or you're feeling a certain way reach out take care of yourself talk to somebody contact a doctor or contact somebody in your life who could help you um, get help that you need to take care of yourself because you're important
1: you are important and you're not alone
0: you're not alone no Um, but it is your job to take care of yourself definitely and I just wanted to end the episode on that because I just thought it was It was a wonderful way to be empathetic to people with mental illness, but also be accountable. Accountable. Exactly. Beautiful. So, All right. And that's our phobia episode.
1: Thank you so much for listening as always. Yeah.
0: And I want to remind you to love yourself.
1: Lock your doors. And light some sage. Cheers to that. Cheers to that.